The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now, let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Attack! Oh boy, oh boy! Oh boy, oh boy! There we go! Yeah, Hong Kong! Hong Kong goes the truck! Hong Kong goes the truck! Hong Kong goes the truck! Did you guys see? Hong Kong goes the truck! The truck goes Hong Kong! Did you see that? Did you see it? Unbelievable. Did you see the truck? Did you see the truck go on? It went honk and it moved so big. Unbelievable. It's so crazy. And you see how it moved? Big trucks, big wheel. And the big wheels go around. And then when you pull on the horn, the horn goes crazy. And the truck's so unbelievable because it's a tremendous truck. I wish we had a bigger truck. Wouldn't it be great if a big truck came? Like a big truck. A big 18-wheeler truck. And it rolled down. And then a guy showed up, and he was a macho guy. And he says to me, you drive the truck. And then I get to drive the truck, and I get to go all the way down, and I drive it right into the river. And then I drown in the river, and I feel the water seeping over me. And then the air leaves my lungs. And in the moment where my body starts to react and wants air, I let go. And when I let go, the water fills my lungs. And I'm finally at peace. And only then do I find the complete and absolute solitude that I've wanted. Anyway, I want to go home, Bridget. I'm tired of this. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Hello, Bob. Hello, and welcome. <laughs> uh, so, just before the show, uh, I noticed this on Twitter. Don't look now, but it looks like our, our listeners are lobbying Sirius XM to pick up the show. I, I just started. I have nothing to do with it. And if you want to join in, tweet to Sirius XM Insight or Sirius XM Progress. That's all you got to do. I'm not saying you should do that. I'm just saying that if you want to do that, feel free. All right, let's uh, let's do this right now, right now. Brand new jingle. Brand new old jingle. From the Stephanie Miller Show, right? You got my jingle album? I do. <laughs> it's Jackie Schechner. Come on, it's Jackie. 
I was not expecting that. What a wonderful surprise. You know, they used it on the show, what was it, yesterday you were on? Yes. And they used it on the show, and I heard it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I, we have to, we we have to get that. I've got to get that and use that on my show." I, you know, I think I've heard that jingle one other time on the Stephanie Miller show, and because you know, me and Stephanie are constantly exchanging bodily fluids. I mean, uh, radio bits. Uh, that I, I had to get it. I had to get it and use it on this show because this is my favorite Rocky Mountain Mike jingle for you, and you've got like nineteen jingles that he's made for you. He went through a phase where he was over jingling. <laughs> he was over jingling. I hate that. I hate when that happens. When I yes. when I tend to over jingle, I need to take a pill for that or something. Yeah. Come up but he went to of... rehab. He worked through <laughs> it. <laughs> All right. Well, Jackie Schechner is here from JackieSchechner.com and, of course, the Stephanie Miller Show. Holy crap. Yesterday, there was something yeah. about... Uh, I, was, I don't think an hour is going to be enough. There, an hour is not going to be enough for today's show, but I just wanted to mention that yesterday I was listening to Stephanie Miller... And during the commercial breaks, they go back and, and Free Speech TV does clips from previous shows during the, mm-hmm. during the breaks. And I was watching, and, and the other day she had Billy West on mm-hmm. with Jim Ward. Billy West, of course, you might recognize him. He was the, uh, the, the voice in uh, Futurama. He was also Stimpy from Ren and Stimpy. And then he went on to do both Ren and Stimpy later on. And uh, he's just one of the most amazing voice actors out there. And they were all talking about Mitch McConnell. And Stephanie started playing the sound of that turtle humping the shoe. Oh, I love that. And That's I, so funny. I could not. And then Billy was doing it. And then Jim Ward was doing it. And I could not stop laughing. It was one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever heard on the radio, especially in the context of Mitch McConnell. And then hearing Stephanie and Billy West and Jim Ward doing the, hey, and then and then there's one moment where the turtle something happens and the turtle goes it was oh holy crap if you're not listening to the stephanie miller show you're just you're missing out because missing turtle humping holy turtle humping at its very finest stephanie miller show the home for turtle humping But I mean, just again, in the Mitch McConnell context, all I was thinking about is there's a uh, there's a video floating around on Facebook of a like a a sea turtle on a beach, like making its way cumbersomely back to the water. And someone put a metaphor for what's going on right now. (laughs) Yes. Someone someone put Mitch McConnell's head on this turtle as it's, you know, struggling to get back into the ocean. And it just, it makes me laugh and laugh and laugh. And now in my crazy head, I'm combining that visual with the, (laughs) and it just is killing me. All right. Well, Stephanie Miller, what (laughs) the gold standard on the radio. Okay. Let's, uh, let's move along here. We've got tons of Donald Trump word salad today, Jackie, just overflowing. In fact, I've got, this is the biggest bucket of show I think I've had since uh since election day i mean there's so many things to go it just keeps coming i mean there is really no end to the absurdity yeah and we got we woke up to this amazing bit of news that apparently the (laughs) the first lady of japan this is my favorite thing on the internet today we were just talking about this before the show the first lady of japan apparently (laughs) apparently pretended to not speak english so she wouldn't have to talk to donald trump (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and of course they go to there's a there's a, a an interview clip from Trump's uh, New York Times. We've got lots of stuff from the New York Times interview with Donald Trump. Somehow, by the way, he decided to go and give an interview to the fake news media. 
Right. Amazing how that happens. The failing New York Times, and he sits down for a full interview and makes an Why ass of himself. Why he keeps agreeing to these things is is astonishing. I yeah. mean, he comes out, he rails again. I mean, I understand the New York Times trying to get him because when he sits down, boy, it's a jam. Mm-hmm. This isn't the first time that he's reached out to the fake news media, exposing that he doesn't really believe that it's the fake news media. Because if you remember, the, when the uh, when the first time the House bill, the House Trump Care bill failed. The first person he called, the first person he called was Robert Costa from the Washington Post. Right. And that's, that's in fact, where we get this from Rachel Maddow. Hello, Bob. That was actually Rachel quoting <laughs> Donald Trump. Don't tell people that. Just pretend it's you I, and move on. Yeah, you know what? You know, you lift the curtain off. You, you look behind the curtain and there's nothing but it's an ugly. old man pulling yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was Rachel actually quoting Robert Costa, or quoting Donald Trump talking to Robert Costa. When Donald Trump calls Robert Costa, says, hello, Bob. And that was that. But so this happened. This is this is a real thing. This is from the interview with the New York Times that Donald Trump gave. So this all comes in the context of this meeting that Trump had with Putin at the G20 that was undisclosed. Right. Apparently, he got up and sat next to Putin at dinner for like an hour, which reminds me of like the lonely kid at lunch who doesn't <laughs> have any friends and goes to talk to like the one person who'll talk to him. And yeah. it seems to me like nobody wanted to hang out with Trump. So he went to go find his friend Vlad, right? Yeah. So he goes and sits with him for like an hour. It's previously undisclosed. And kudos to Ian Bremmer, who got the news out there that this happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Trump and, and team are trying to play it down. I, I do wonder, actually, if they know how to tell time, because everything that they do, it, it's like, oh, it was only 10 minutes. Or it was only 15 minutes. Or, you know, that yeah. meeting was like, you know, the, the times keep shifting. But according to people who were there, it was an hour. According to Trump, it was 15 minutes. It was a nothing. Yeah. So he's trying to explain how this all came about. And he's saying that he was seated next to the wife of the prime minister of Japan. Melania right. is seated next to Putin. Putin. He, they separate the spouses so that you're required to actually have a conversation with somebody other than your spouse. Yes, it's like high Even school. Though, like we, like Trump speaks to Melania, yeah. right? I mean, like that's a problem. But so, <laughs> so he gets up, but he talks first about how it was challenging because the first lady of Japan doesn't speak a word of English, and he's got a translator there who only speaks Japanese yes. and English. And when he goes to talk to Putin, he's got to use Putin's translator because his translator later only speaks English and Japanese and doesn't speak Russian. So that sets the stage for what Bob is about to share. And, and then, of course, Donald Trump barely speaks English. So that right. well, there's that throws right. the whole thing into chaos. So, so he's got the prime minister's wife, a translator that speaks English and Japanese, and this is what he tells the New York Times. Right. So, yeah. So uh, Trump says to Maggie Haberman of the New York Times, she's, he says, Minister Abe, that's Shinzo Abe of Japan, who I think is a terrific guy, and and she's a terrific woman, but doesn't speak English, Trump says. And then Haberman asks, like nothing, right? Like zero. And then Trump says, like not hello. And then Haberman (laughs) says, "That, that must make for an awkward seating. And then Trump says, well, it's hard because, you know, you're sitting there for Haberman interrupts and says hours. And then Trump says, so the dinner was probably an hour and 45 minutes. And we find out uh, later on through a video that's now floating all over uh, Twitter that, of course, (laughs) Madame Abe, the first lady of Japan, speaks excellent English. She gave a keynote address for the Ford Foundation. Yeah. Like, this is not, she doesn't just know a couple of words. She definitely knows hello. <laughs> right. So this is, a, this is a brilliant strategy for avoiding having to uh, talk to Donald Trump. You just pretend like you don't speak English. Even if you're an American and you speak perfect English and that's your only language, just pretend like you don't speak English and he'll go perfectly along with it. 
There's another theory floating around on Twitter, which I actually think could be possible, that he is so ignorant that yeah. he just assumed she didn't speak English and didn't that's, try. Yeah, that's uh, that seems rational. That seems realistic that he would actually do something like that. And uh, and just automatically assume. Yeah, <laughs> there's that assume. one too. And, and she's not she's not going to correct him because she'd much rather just eat her salad and not have to discuss anything with him. I mean, I would imagine he might not even know the difference between being uh, being from China, China, and and being from Japan. I think he just uh, confuses well. all those things, all those places. That, they're all the same language. Health they're insurance, all the same life people. insurance, you know. Right, of. right. So, so speaking of of health insurance and so on, and and how it correlates, because I think I think when he was talking to the New York Times about Trump Care, I think he confuses health care with life insurance, or he gets some sort of version of that scrambled around in his head. Because here's what else we're going to get into this New York Times interview, which is just astonishing to read. And if you've been following the show at all over the last couple of years, you know that we love to pick out these these uh, clips of word salad from Donald Trump. And we used to like to get Chez to read them because Ches- <laughs> there was something about Chez reading them without breathing. Just one continuous long sentence that was endlessly entertaining. So I will, of course, Besides try to... Besides missing him, I'm so bummed he's missing all of this. Yeah, no kidding. Like, no- how excited would he be about the opportunity to have an opinion and share it about everything that's going on right now you know in fact just some uh, maybe this is too personal to reveal but i was chatting with his mom the other day via Mm -hmm. email and i said you know i'm still in that mode i'm still in that mode where i think that he is just off doing a gig somewhere and that he's going to be back next week and Chez will be on the show and then i've saved up all this stuff wait till i tell Chez about what trump said to the new york times for some reason that is still kind of a thing in my head that I haven't been able to shake every once in a while and it's completely involuntary where suddenly it'll just appear in my head oh I gotta make sure to tell Chez about oh oh crap but anyway this has been something yeah, that he I do have... that too I do a Chez would have loved this I yes, do a lot of that exactly oh gosh he would have had so much fun with this this would have been a great piece I do that a lot oh and the New York this New York Times interview Ugh. so he was talking about uh, again he was talking to Maggie Haberman during the course of this interview and there were a lot of reporters and, and editors there and uh, and I think he's talking about pre-existing conditions he's clearly very very confused this is Proof positive that Donald Trump doesn't know anything about health care. He doesn't know anything about Trump care. We know that. Very, knows very little about Obamacare. Doesn't know anything about health care in general. Like the whole how it works. None of that. He doesn't know how a bill becomes a law. He also doesn't know <laughs> what health care is. And these are two things that he's primarily doing as president, which is terrifying. So uh, Maggie Haberman asks, that's been the thing for four years. When you win an entitlement, you can't take it back. Yeah, they're talking about pre-existing conditions. Pre-existing conditions, right? And then Trump says, but what it does, Maggie, now see if we can follow along with this, but what it does, Maggie, it means it gets tougher and tougher. As they get something, it gets tougher (laughs) because politically you can't give it away. So pre-existing conditions are a tough deal because you're basically saying from the moment the insurance, you're 21 years old, you start working and you're paying $12 a year for insurance. And by the time you're 70, you get a nice plan. Here's something where you walk up and say, I want my insurance. It's a very tough deal, but it is something that we're doing a good job of. I don't know what any of that was. Yeah. 
that doesn't seem to make any sense at all. Let Can me you- add another layer of this to it. For okay. you. This is not the first time he's made that error. The, the error that, y- like, you vest your insurance over your lifetime. <laughs> that you have a small payment and then it pay Yeah, like, he's made this mistake before. I'd have to go back and dig out the interview. Uh, yeah. but, it, but I've seen this in a transcript before. He made the same error a while back. I, I remember specifically uh, wondering what he was talking about and, and was he possibly treating health insurance like life insurance. So exactly. it's not it's not like he just slipped up. I mean, first of all, this is a huge mistake. Yeah. Second of all, it's not that he just slipped up. I mean, he genuinely doesn't have any clue how any of this works. And you could tell that yesterday when he was speaking to the press about it yesterday. I mean, it was a it was first of all, he was lying. Yeah. He was just flat out lying about everything that he was saying. Premiums are going to go down 60-70%. You're going to have better benefits. <laughs> I mean, all of it was a big fat lie. Yes, of course it was. But on top of that, uh, when you hear things like this, he just has no clue how any of this worked. And he truly, I mean, it's just the same mistake over and over again. This isn't the first time he said it. It sounds like he's also confusing this with like health savings accounts where maybe you put aside a certain number, a certain number of dollars every month or something. And by by the time you're 70, you've got this massive health savings account that you've stored up. He doesn't know what that is. He doesn't know what that is either. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think we're over intellectualizing what he's Mm -hmm. saying here because I think this is just Donald Trump making shit up. I think this is what this is what Donald Trump does. He just I mean, it's perpetually yanking stuff out of his gigantic diapered ass and this is what this is exactly what he does so and this is the, the case exactly with this quote so i don't know what i don't know what it means i don't think anyone knows what it means i don't even think donald trump uh knows what it means you can walk up to someone and say i want my insurance and then somehow you get in i don't know what the hell he's talking about yeah but then he continued on he was talking he was asked about uh jeff sessions and Rod, Rod Rosenstein, and this is the this is one of the bigger deals in all of this. This is where it gets into serious business in terms of how Donald Trump perceives government and how the executive branch works, who reports to whom, who works for him, who doesn't work for him, who's loyal to him, who's not loyal to him. And this is a specific case where we find out that quite obviously, Donald Trump appointed Jeff Sessions to be attorney general specifically to shield Donald Trump from the Trump-Russia investigation. Mm-hmm. I think that much is abundantly clear from this New York Times interview. And, and again, this is one of those things where he's just admitting to all of it. He's just being so obvious and so transparent about what he's really, really doing. And yet everyone's going... Well, it doesn't take a genius to figure out. Yeah. I mean, Trump was upset that Sessions recused himself. And what he says to the New York Times is that if I'd known he was going to recuse himself, I wouldn't have picked him for the job. Now, and and then he goes on to say that it's incredibly unfair to the president and that unfair is even a light, moderate word for that. That he, that that this is a very unfair thing to do to the president. Mm -hmm. Now, what I don't understand is, you know, Sessions is still has a whole other job. The only thing that he recused himself (laughs) was, was the Russia part. Exactly. Right. Exactly. He thinks it's super unfair that he recused himself from the Russia stuff, wherein Sessions is still doing all the other parts of the job. Well, if there's nothing to the Russia stuff, and the Russia stuff is no big deal, and the Russia stuff doesn't matter, and it's all a witch hunt, and it's all made up, why does he think that Sessions recusing himself from the Russia stuff would have been a deal breaker? (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, you're flat out on. admitting you, that that's the only thing you care about. Yep, yep, exactly right. And, and flat out admitting that the attorney general was put into place in order to obstruct the investigation into Trump Russia. That's exactly what he's saying here. Starts out by saying, look, Sessions gets the job. Right after he gets the job, he recuses himself. Then one of the editors says, was that a mistake? And then Trump goes, well, Sessions uh, should never have recused himself. And if he was going to recuse himself, he should have told me before he took the job and I would have picked somebody else. And then Maggie Haberman jumps in and says, he gave you no heads up at all in any sense. And then Trump said, zero. So Jeff Sessions takes the job, gets into the job, recuses himself. I then have, which frankly, I think is very unfair to the president. How do you take a job and then recuse yourself? If he would have recused himself before the job, not sure how that works, I would have said, thanks, Jeff, but I can't, you know, I'm not going to take you. He didn't recuse himself from the job. I don't think Trump knows what recuse means. He recused himself from anything to do with the particular Russia investigation because he's embroiled in it. Exactly. And then he said, it's extremely unfair. Stop whining. I know. And and that's a mild word to the president. So he recuses himself. I then end up with a second man who's a deputy. And then Haberman said, Rosenstein. And then Trump said, who is he? And... Jesus Christ, he appointed Rod Rosenstein to be deputy attorney general. And now here's Trump saying, who is he? And Jeff hardly knew. He's from Baltimore. Yeah, what Jeff Sessions did was he recused himself right after, right after he became attorney general. And I said, why didn't you tell me this before? I would have. Then I said, who's your deputy? So his deputy, he how hardly does he knew. How not know these things? Uh, it's just remarkable how And then he goes on to, in- to insult Baltimore. Yes, exactly. He's a, uh, so his deputy, he hardly knew, and that's Rosenstein, Rod Rosenstein, who is from Baltimore. There are very few Republicans in Baltimore, if any. Oh so God. he's from Baltimore. Now, he... He, we went through a lot of things. Is Republic, we were, not a lot of Republicans code for white people? Jesus. Like what, it, what is he referring to? I How have does, no idea. There are certainly Republicans in Baltimore. Of course there are. I don't, what, what is the deal? Why does Trump have it in his head that there are no Republicans in Baltimore? That's so strange. Now, he says, now he, we went through a lot of things We were interviewing replacements at the FBI. Did you know Mueller was one of the people that was being interviewed? (laughs) Yes, of course. This is one of those cases where Trump thinks he's the only one who knows things, even though he's so astoundingly ignorant and stupid. That's the that's nobody knew. Right. It's just proud ignorance. Unbelievable. And so Douglas is gaining traction. Yeah, exactly. And then he said on the uh, this is kind of a startling bit of information here. Rachel Maddow covered this a little bit last night. Trump said uh, about the FBI director and nothing was changed other than Richard Nixon came along. And when Nixon came along, inaudible was pretty uh, brutal. And out of courtesy, the FBI started reporting to the Department of Justice. But there was nothing official. There was nothing from Congress. There was nothing, anything. But the FBI person really reports directly to the president of the United States. The FBI person does this. Really reports directly to the president of the United States, which is interesting. You know, which is interesting. Hmm. And I think we're going to have a great new FBI director. So what basically Donald Trump is signaling here is that this new guy, Christopher Wray, maybe he and Trump cut a cut a deal in the Oval Office, maybe came up with some uh, gentleman's agreement 
that Ray is going to report directly to the president and not through the, the chain of command at DOJ, which is FBI director, then attorney general, then the president in that order. Uh, and that's clearly not. So, so basically, Donald Trump can dictate to Ray exactly what he wants, which you can translate that to mean, please obstruct the Trump Russia investigation <laughs> as much as you can, because if you don't, then I'm going to make your life a living hell and probably fire you. It's amazing. And, I, yeah. you know, I think one of my my favorite parts of all of that is when he starts to lay in to uh, to uh, Comey. Oh, yeah. And he starts to accuse Comey of trying to potentially blackmail him <laughs> with right. the dossier by telling him about the dossier. Exactly. Right? You, know, you know, the, the Christopher Steele dossier mm-hmm. where it has all this incriminating information, alleged incriminating information against Trump. Right? Yeah. And he was talking about the uh, yeah, he also talked about the DNC and, and giving money to. Someone. Oh well, that's a whole nother. So let me do quickly the dossier because that's a okay. whole nother. The DNC, yes, Hillary thing's a whole nother. So with the dossier, so there's a meeting. Comey asks everybody to leave, or he pulls Trump outside. That's what it is. He pulls Trump outside, and he tells him about the dossier because uh-huh. he feels it's a courtesy for him as the FBI director to tell Trump that this dossier exists because it's going to break in the news, mm-hmm. and he wants Trump to have a heads up. <laughs> Right. That's the right thing to do. That's what the FBI director is supposed to do. Like, that's the courtesy for the president. Now the president's coming out and saying he thinks that perhaps Comey was telling him to leverage it, to hold it over his head. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Two reasons. One, if the dossier is complete baloney, which Trump continues to say up and down that it is, even though parts (laughs) of it are starting to check out. Uh, If the dossier is baloney, what does it matter? Like, what kind of what kind of leverage is that, right? It yeah. doesn't, that doesn't matter. Uh, and, and it was coming out in the, in the news. So how is Comey telling him about it, having leverage over him? <laughs> it, it, he's, he's somehow like, I mean, it, it's so obvious that he knows something about what Russia knows about him. Like this just, to me, there's so much evidence there that he is struggling underneath the weight of whatever they've got over, got over him yeah. that he's, he's, turning it around in his head and then it's coming out his mouth. Yeah, Maybe so. he was thinking, and I think this is part of their counter conspiracy theory, which is that, that Comey was going to use or, or Comey launched the investigation based on the existence of the dossier and that he was going to perhaps, I don't, I don't know, far be it for me to get inside of Donald Trump's worm ridden brain, but maybe he was thinking that James Comey was going to pursue some of the more salacious aspects of the dossier and use that as somehow uh, to blackmail Donald Trump. Like he was going to go after the PP tape and come up with the PP tape and say, oh, by the way, Donald Trump, you better not interfere with me because I got PP tape. And I don't know, maybe that was what Donald Trump was thinking as far as blackmail goes. I have no, I have no idea. This is all just... This is crazy talk, is what it is. You know um, what it feels like, too? Like, I, I don't know, um, you know, if you sort of evaluate relationships, right? Like, a lot of times somebody will accuse their partner of cheating when they're, in fact, the one who's cheating. Oh, yeah, projection, yeah. Right? So, I, I mean, we talk about Donald Trump and projection all the time, but that's what it feels like here. It's like mm-hmm. Trump is projecting all of this stuff yeah. onto somebody else. It's like Comey never would have thought of that. Like, Comey's a stand-up guy. Like, Comey's not like, I'm going to tell him about the dossier so that he knows I have it. Comey's thought process, I would imagine, based on everything we know about James Comey, is I'm going to give the president the courtesy of telling him that this 
latest piece of information is out there so that he's not caught off guard. Yep. And then Trump turns it all around because in Trump's mind, that's what he would do. Like yeah. He would use something like that as leverage over somebody. Well, so and then making matters worse, uh, this was, to me, the most important part of this entire interview. Certainly, Donald Trump continued with his gibberish and word salad and, you know, his, his incomprehensible way of speaking. And uh, which, by the way, I just wanted to add that Tony Atamanik on The President Show absolutely nailed. When I'm talking about Trump word salad, there is one person who is able to imitate Trump's word salad, and that is Tony Atamanik, and is so goddamn funny. And the Hong Kong goes the truck thing when he's talking that about from him. Yes, yes. And when he's doing like the big truck, big wheels go round, and he's talking about the oh, so getting funny. in the truck and the, having the truck, and maybe it's a macho guy, and then he drives off into the river. That is such a per- perfect imitation of a Trump nonsensical word salad run where sentences start and they don't go anywhere and then he interrupts himself and he starts down another train of thought. It is so perfect the way that happens on that show. I strongly urge you to watch that if you're into uh, deconstructing Donald Trump's addled brain. So I think we should invent a word this show. We should call it a (laughs) truckgasm. A truckgasm. I love that. That's perfect, huh? Hong Kong goes the truck. Yep. We should do that. So we've got truckgasm and uh, and twooping. Those twooping. <laughs> Jackie Schechter adding to the vernacular with all kinds of new uh, neologisms. I'll get off the T words next time. But uh, I, I just Drunk-ass. I just thought Drunk-ass. about that when he was getting all excited in your opener. I thought mm, maybe he's having a truckgasm. <laughs> That's exactly right. I just love this. Hong Kong goes the truck. But uh, so okay, here we're going to get into this Mueller section because the Mueller section is probably the most uh, most important as far as what we can expect to happen. And I I still firmly believe, and I've said this since uh, Robert Mueller was initially uh, appointed is that Donald Trump is going to figure out a way to fire Robert Mueller. Uh, I also predicted that someone like Louis Gohmert would introduce a bill in the House to defund the special counsel's office. That's still, I still think that that is a distinct possibility that some Republican will do that. Not that it'll go anywhere, because I think if Trump fires Mueller, even the Republicans are going to go, all right, hang on a second here, cowboy. We're going to stop you right here. I mean, Adam Schiff said that that happens. They're just going to appoint a special prosecutor themselves. To yeah, I would imagine thing. that that would be, I mean, we talk about what the tipping point would be. Yeah. I don't know how you defend that. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how you. I mean, Mueller's well respected it, by everybody. I mean, I don't. I don't think that there's anything controversial about Mueller, and he's doing, from what I can tell, doing good work behind the scenes. Yep. There's not a lot of leaking coming out of that investigation, uh, and he's hiring really top career guys and women mm-hmm. uh, to, to pursue this in the most professional manner possible. It seems, from what we can tell, so I, I cannot imagine that that Republicans would be able to defend that. I mean, there'll be the same hangers on that do, but I wouldn't imagine that those who have any shred of dignity left could defend that. We're adding to the list. It'd be Sally Yates, then James Comey, and who else is on that list? Of course, it would be Robert Mueller on the list Mm -hmm. of of people that Trump has specifically fired. Yeah, Preet Bahara. People who have been fired specifically because they've been investigating the Trump-Russia thing. And this is obvious uh, obstruction of justice. So we'll see what happens with Mueller. But here's the, uh, here's the exchange. This starts out with Michael Schmidt asking, Last thing, if Mueller was looking at your finances and your family finances unrelated to Russia, is that a red line? And then Maggie Haberman adds, Would that be a breach of what, is actual, uh, of what his actual charge is? And Trump said, 
I would say, yeah, I would say, yes. By the way, I would say, I don't, I don't. I mean, it's possible. (laughs) This is verbatim. I'm not making any of this up. I mean, it's possible there's a condo or something. So, you know, I sell a lot of condo units and somebody from Russia buys a condo. Who knows? I don't make money from Russia. In fact, I put out a letter saying that I don't make from one of the most highly respected law firms, accounting firms. I don't have buildings in Russia. They said I own buildings in Russia. I don't. They said I made money from Russia. I don't. It's not my thing. I don't. I don't do that. Over the years, I've looked at maybe doing a deal in Russia. I never did one other than I held the Miss Universe pageant there eight, nine years ago. And then crosstalk, Michael Schmidt adds, but if he was outside that lane, would that mean he'd have have to go, meaning he'd have to be fired. And then Trump said, no, I think that's a violation. Look, this is about Russia. So I think if he wants to go, my finances are extremely good. My company (laughs) is an unbelievably successful company. And actually, when I do my filings, people say, man, people people have no idea how successful this is. It's a great company. Uh, But I don't even think about the company anymore. I think about this because one thing, when you do this, companies seem very trivial, okay? I really mean that. They seem very trivial. But I have no income from Russia. I don't do business in Russia. The gentleman that you mentioned with his son, nice to two nice people, But basically, they brought the Miss Universe pageant to Russia to open up, you know, one of their jobs. This makes no effing sense. Perhaps the convention center where it was held. It was a nice evening, and I left. I left, you know. I left Moscow. It wasn't Moscow. It was outside of Moscow. That is the president of the United States actually speaking. Hong Kong goes the truck. Exactly. Okay, that guy and his son, I mean... This is so ridiculous. <laughs> Eris Agaloff and Emin Agaloff are, are people that yeah. Trump knows well. Yes. He appeared in a music video for Emin. Yes. There is a video out there of them sitting next to each other at, at a dinner. I think it was in Vegas or some event in Vegas. Uh, they have been intertwined for years. I mean, this was mm-hmm. they were talking about doing deals together in Russia. They there's this is not a man and his son, right? This is <laughs> yeah. this is somebody this family knows well, right? Um, so so pretending like it was a fly by night meet and greet is is disingenuous at best and a flat out lie at worst or at, at reality if we're going to be honest about it. Yep. Uh, you know, to, this man I was in and out. I mean, that's just not how. That's not the case. That's not what what went down there. And. <laughs> And, you know, it's all connected. Yeah. Like, I mean, we need to see his tax returns. That's why he's not showing them. It's all connected. There's right. total evidence there. And I'm sorry, but a letter from Liar Khan and and whatever the name of the firm is, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Not, was... I, don't, I don't believe anything he says. I don't believe anything his lawyers put out. None of it's true. The stack of blank papers that he says is the paperwork he's filing to disentangle himself from the Trump organization. I mean, enough already. Yeah, this is obviously Trump's Rubicon. If, if Mueller goes toward uh, Trump's personal finances, and after we take a break, we're going to come back and talk about that specifically. If Mueller goes after Trump's personal finances, that seems to be what Trump will that'll be that'll trigger Trump to fire Mueller or try to because he's already launched a campaign to discredit Robert Mueller. They've spent a lot of time talking about his conflicts of interest and the fact that he's friends with Comey, uh, apparently. And that uh, and now we've added to the list this idea that if the if the investigation uh, extends beyond the scope of the election 
and goes into Trump's finances, obviously pursuing money laundering, pursuing all these links to Russian oligarchs and the and the Russian government and the that uh, uh, what is it VEB bank too? I mean, all of these things, you know, all of these links between Trump and Russia extend far beyond what happened in 2016 to the election. This is all, I think, germane, and obviously Robert Mueller thinks this too, is germane to the scope of the investigation because they're not are- just. Not just what he thinks. I've yeah. been doing research into this, and we if we need to take a break, we can talk about it after the break. But it's actually part of the order that Rosenstein signed to appoint the special counsel. It's what? actually in black and white saying what wow. it is Mueller has the right to investigate. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll talk about that right after we talk about uh, the Amazon link at bobsuska.com. You know, one of my favorite things in the entire world is to scour Amazon.com. They've got everything there. I often test to test them to see if they, they really have like the most obscure products I can think of. I have a delivery coming today. It's <laughs> great. Is, uh, yeah. What, what did you order? Did you, can you say? Yeah, I can say. My apartment has fleas. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oh my God! So you're you're obviously being attacked left and right by by fleas rebound. and getting well. Pregnant. Rebound, rebound, kitty. If people follow me on Twitter, they know that I was cat sitting for a friend, and rebound kitty somehow picked up fleas. So oh. my and now rebound kitty's back with her family for about six weeks, and <laughs> I, I I ordered a bunch of flea stuff on Amazon, but then the exterminator oh. came and took care of it today. So we're we're under control now, but I do have some flea stuff that's being delivered. Yeah, that is there's no, there's nothing worse than flea bites. <laughs> They, oh, they just absolutely... Uh, I told Bob not to talk about it, and then I was like, ah, whatever, we could talk about it. Yeah, what the hell. My but, apartment's super clean. It's Rebound Kitty's fault. But, I mean, even even though you have, like, myriad online shopping options, there are very few retail outlets that sell everything from uh, from uh, 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 flea powder for your pets to, to breast pumps to, I don't know, later hosen, uh, crazy glue you can get there, Blu-rays, streaming TV shows... Uh, auto parts, I don't know, your favorite Japanese graphic novels, and yes, of course, big, beautiful chocolate cake and and <laughs> and, and toy dump fire truck. Fire trucks! Yeah, fire, fire trucks. You get all your favorite fire trucks. Hong Kong comes the truck. Exactly. Amazon.com has it all, and so can you when you go shopping until you're dropping. I don't know if that makes any sense. While also supporting this show. All you have to do is go to bobseska.com instead of amazon.com. Once you've arrived at the podcast page, just click the all caps Amazon link just beneath the logo on the main page. Takes you directly to the front page of amazon.com. You go shopping as normal, but if you use our link, we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra and helps support the show. And if you own a small business, be sure to source your supplies from Amazon.com. That's toner cartridges, backup batteries, paper clips, printer paper. Use our link when you restock your supplies. And and don't forget to bookmark it, right? Uh, that's the BobSeska.com Amazon link. It's the only way to shop. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Uh, welcome back today. Jackie Schechter is here. We're talking about Trump and his, his uh, profoundly addled mind. Wait, I thought this was going to be about adoption. I know. That's the new, you know what, that's the new Appalachian Trail. Every time you hear the Trump oh, people... Yeah. Every time you hear the Trump people talk about adoptions, they're really talking about... 
you know, sanctions. Well, that's a little fun nugget that came up in the New York Times interview that Trump yes. mentioned that he talked to Putin about adoption. What a random thing that was. <laughs> no, we were just talking about adoptions. You know, he was already on Twitter saying that the meeting was about opposition research. He's already debunked himself on this. Oh. And now he's back to, oh, it's just adoptions. We're just adoptions. Talk, talking about the little babies, and the little babies are crying in Russia, and they want to go to America, and they can't go to America because of Putin. He doesn't spend any time with his sanctions. own kid. He's going to worry about other kids' adoptions? Yeah, right. And the other thing is, with the adoption angle, they, they don't even know how to pronounce the Magnitsky Act. You had uh-huh. Jay, That's fun. Jay Succolo was left and right all over the, all over television last weekend saying Majinsky Act. And then Spicer I heard, said it wrong, too. Yeah. Then I heard Spicer say it a couple of times wrong. He said uh, he also said Majinsky. I mean, it's, it's right there. I mean, you have time. Spell it out phonetically. Do what you can to. You know, get that important bit of information correct. Because now you got all kinds of Trumpers uh, who are doing Google searches and Wikipedia searches for something called the Majinsky Act, which doesn't exist as far as I know. So you were going to tell us about, uh, I forgot what you were going to tell us about. You are going to tell so, us about Yeah, Mueller. so as part of uh, something new that's coming soon that I'm working on, I've been doing a oh, lot right, of work, right, right, right. kind of looking into this Russia stuff. And... Uh, I was looking specifically at the special counsel and what what they do and what uh, what Mueller has the right to investigate. And essentially, the order that Rosenstein signed that appointed the special counsel says that he has the right to look into everything that has to do with this yeah. uh, and and really go anywhere the investigation may take him. Uh, it also says that he has the right to look into anything that may impede that investigation. So, in, you know, obstruction of justice, perjury, um, witness tampering, anything like that. So he really yep. has a broad scope of what he's legally allowed to look into. And if he finds that the primary investigation leads towards a secondary investigation, then that's all within the order. I mean, there is no limitation on what it is he's allowed to investigate. He can really follow the path wherever it leads. Exactly. And how can you not look at at an organization like Deutsche Bank, who is notoriously uh, engaging... They're the only bank that'll lend to him anymore. Exactly right. He can't can't get any American banks to give him the time of day because of his business practices and his failures in in, uh, Atlantic City and so forth. And then, so he goes to Deutsche Bank. Right now, right now, at this very moment, your president, the president of the United States, is $150 million in debt to Deutsche Bank alone just deutsche bank to to overlook 150 million dollars in debt to deutsche bank would be a phenomenal uh, a breach of justice i mean that you would have to you'd have to be blind to not go down that road and what we found out today is that deutsche bank has finally agreed to hand over trump's financial documents to the special counsel's office which is just the best news i've seen in a long time because Again, not only does this underscore the full scope, as you were saying, Jackie, of the uh, of the investigation itself, but it also is a, just a poke in the eye to Donald Trump, which is just the best thing in the world. I lo- yeah, right. He's just yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what Robert Mueller is uh, successfully doing. In addition, as sort of a bonus on top of actually pursuing justice in this, and then we find out today that Mueller has, in fact, expanded his probe into Trump's business practices, which is right on the heels of Trump threatening to say, hey, don't go there. But, of course, now he's going there. 
and uh, and and <laughs> this is the best thing in the world. The U.S. special counsel investigating possible ties between the Donald Trump campaign and Russia in the last years or in last year's election is examining a broad range of transactions involving Trump's business as well as those uh, of his associates, according to a person familiar with the probe. FBI investigators and others are looking at Russia purchases of apartments in Trump buildings, Trump's involvement in a controversial Soho development in New York with Russian associates, the 2013 Miss Universe pageant in Moscow, and Trump's sale of a Florida mansion to a Russian oligarch. The Russian, what is it, the Fertilizer King bought that place down there, way overpriced. Yeah, never lived in it. Never lived in it once, and Trump made something like $90 million in that deal. A $90 million profit on that deal, which I don't know. I mean, if I'm looking at a, at a sale like that with that amount of profit margin for a property that the Fertilizer King never once lived in, mm-hmm. I'm going, well, this is, not, this, is, this is not an actual transaction. This is a donation to Donald Trump from a Russian yeah. oligarch who wants Donald Trump to do cool things for him eventually. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be a genius. The dots are starting to connect themselves. Yeah. It, there, there's just so much here. I mean, to say that, that this Russian investigation is a witch hunt or there's nothing to it, you, you've got to be deaf, dumb, and blind. And the, the, it, it's not just about, okay, somebody buys a condo and Trump makes money. That's not how it works, right? There's a, there's a huge investigation into, like, are they, are they laundering money through these purchases? Yeah, like, is that's exactly this, right. You know, is this is this criminal activity in that regard? It's not just some sort of kickback by giving Donald Trump a, a profit, right? It's yeah. it's are they using these Trump properties? I mean, it's a disproportionate amount of of Russian people who seem to be turning up uh, in in Trump properties and buying Trump condos and and using Trump facilities for these sorts of activities. Allegedly, I mean, I I don't know that we have proof of all of it yet, but there's certainly enough. Uh, scuttlebutt around it that it makes one suspicious what well, you're working on this specifically jackie so let me ask you i mean am i terribly off base th- thinking that this real estate sale in florida to the russian king of fertilizer uh and i believe that's what it was we've heard the about a bunch of king of chicago yeah the sausage <laughs> king of chicago the king of aluminum the king of potassium i don't know what we've got a lot of russian kings of things and this one happened to be the Russian king of fertilizer, whose actual name has popped out of my head because I'm thinking of names like Veselnitskaya now. Uh, <laughs> so is my read off base saying that this was a way to get money to Donald Trump for some nefarious purpose? Was this profit margin on this property basically a money laundering scam? I mean, I don't know about that particular one, but sure as heck, it seems suspicious. And, yeah. and being from Florida, it does not surprise me that <laughs> there would be some sort of shady activity <laughs> going on with real estate in Florida. Yeah, shocking. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's they're all it, it's all suspicious, all of it. I yeah. mean, there's a, there's a lot of Russian people who are turning up all over the place, and they didn't just turn up now. I mean, Trump's had affiliations and associations, and I mean, you just go so far as Eric Trump admitting that you know they've got all the money they need from Russia, and and Donald Trump Jr. saying that they a disproportionate amount of the money they have comes from Russia. I mean, they've yep. flat out said it. Uh, so there's there's Russian financial investment in Trump and the Trump. Uh, empire or, or falling empire. I don't know what you want to refer to it at this point. <laughs> That's about right. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's it's there. There's a there there. Yeah. Um, and I think that over time, this isn't going to happen overnight. If you want to do it right, it's going to take some time. Uh, I think we're going to 
find how all the pieces fit together. And I think that if Mueller's allowed to continue to do his job, which I hope he is, uh, that we'll see what the puzzle looks like in the end. Uh, but it's it's worth paying attention to. And it's it's not just a sideshow. I mean, it's it's something that's super important for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is that it seems like we may have a, a criminal entity in the White House. Well, you know, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but I have this prediction, Jackie, along these lines, is that I... <sighs> And it's, it's a little bit crazy. It's, it's, in fact, it might be a lot crazy. But I think at some point we're going to find out that very little of Trump's own money was spent on his campaign. I think we're going to find out that Trump that spent... That surprise me. Yeah, that, that Trump's campaign was financed by Russian oligarchs and, and Vladimir Putin. Somehow money was laundered through and then ended up into the uh, a, a, a Trump... What is it called? The Trump campaign inc or i'm not i forget the name of the actual organization that runs this campaign but you know i i think that's what we're going to find out is that that money came through because we're talking about a guy who's probably worth no more than 150 million dollars and that's i think that's being generous but i think that's what we have heard of course he says nine billion but it's probably closer to 150 million dollars as his net worth not counting whatever debt he's got because remember he's got uh, he, he's actually declared 300 million dollars in debts to other organizations including right. and half of that is deutsche bank so how do you spend on 150 million dollar net worth how do you go around spending, what was it, $45, $50 million he spent on his campaign out of his own pocket, allegedly? It might have been even more than that. Uh, but that seems inconceivable, that that well, amount of money was spent from that. Yeah, the circumstances surrounding that were fascinating, too. Yeah. If you remember correctly, he didn't just loan it to his campaign. Like, he loaned it to the campaign, and then it took a really long time for him to agree to forgive that loan. Yeah. Because donors weren't giving money. And so the Republican establishment and donors turned around and said, look, we don't have any assurance that this guy isn't going to spend this money on himself. Yeah. And it, it, there was a real pause there. It took a, a, a while for him to finally forgive that. So I wonder if there, I mean, if I were looking into it, I'd look and see what kind of communication took place from the time that the donations slowed down to the time that he agreed to forgive that loan. Mm -hmm. Um, because I wonder where that money came from and whether or not he needed to get the assurance that he was going to get paid back for that if he, in fact, loaned that money himself. Sure. Because what, what happens was if he loans the money and then he loses, uh, he can use, well, he can, I guess if he wins also, but he can use campaign funds to pay himself back. Um, so he wasn't actually inputting, he used to say on the campaign trail, I'm using my own money, I'm using my own money. But until he had an official forgiveness of that loan, it wasn't actually using his own money. He was just lending it. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not even sure that he, he had enough money to actually spend on himself. I guess this is ultimately, ultimately my point, which is right. where I see this going perhaps, uh, down the road of, uh, of Russian money being used to, to spend on his campaign. I wouldn't now. be surprised. I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see what comes out, but that would, yeah. that would not shock me one bit. Well, this goes back to what we were saying before, which is that you can't separate the 2016 election and the Russian interference thereof and and Trump's own finances. You can't pull those two things apart. They're they're inextricably linked together. And I think obviously Robert Mueller knows this and he's pursuing that despite what Donald Trump says. And Donald Trump says, you know, I, I fully believe uh, going back to what we were talking about before, I fully believe that he's going to fire Robert Mueller and make things worse for himself because this is what he's done at every turn, whether it's firing the wrong people or actually going on Twitter and confessing whether it's him or, or Junior going up on uh, on Twitter and, and just spilling all the beans 
And then people going, well, I, I guess he's just confessed. He's incriminating himself. So let's move on to the next thing. Uh, but meanwhile, we've got uh, a few other stories linked to the Trump-Russia investigation. First of all, Trump's counterterrorism advisor. This is a fascinating story. Trump's own counterterrorism advisor said, yes, that Russia tried to interfere in last year's election. So this guy is absolutely breaking from the uh, the Trump administration. On, Everybody on the knows they interfere. Yeah. Trump's the only one who won't say it. Everybody else knows. It's not even guess anymore. It's it's. Everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. This guy's name, expect him to be fired any minute now. Tom, <laughs> Thomas, watch this name. Thomas Bosert okay. uh, said, uh, there's, a pr- the, there's a pretty clear and easy answer to this question, and it's yes. Uh-huh. Thomas Bosert uh, is, uh, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, he said this at a national security forum in Aspen. Mm-hmm. A, he is a, uh, a top uh, counterterrorism advisor to the Trump White House. So that is that is utterly fascinating. Just hearing that from someone on the inside. And you have to know that there are likely more people just like that. Uh, meanwhile, we have this secret dinner we were, t- we were talking about at the top of the show. The funny thing about this secret dinner in addition to the fact that it actually happened in front of all the other members or most of the other members from the G20 is the, have you seen the video of the gesture that Trump is doing to Putin? Just like point it's he points to Putin and he points to himself. And then he kind of does like the BJ gesture <laughs> with his hand. I, have, I couldn't tell exactly what it was. I rewatched it a couple of times and I wasn't entirely sure. It's, it, it, <laughs> I couldn't see Putin. So I, unless I wasn't looking in the right place, but the video I saw was like a, a small gif of it, and I wasn't yeah. entirely sure that that's what it was. But, you know, his, his, <laughs> it's desperate. If that's what it is, it's desperate. <laughs> I think he was doing the I'm feeding myself with a fork gesture, but instead, you know, or uh, Trump's fork has the cork on the end of it, just in case, he, just in case. to prevent him hurting himself. It was like himself. an I feel you, bro move. You know? like, <laughs> exactly. Follow it, it up with, do you even lift? But it just looked like, it just totally looked like the you know, the fist shaking BJ gesture. I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how else you describe it, but that's what it, that's what it looked like. He went on and on about how Macron loves to hold his hand too. So I, yeah, who knows what he's, what he's got going on in that head of his at this point. So, but I mean, just another unbelievable example of, of this president violating all kinds of national security protocol. I mean, remember the the main gripe about Hillary Clinton's private email server was that it was a breach of national security somehow? Yeah, yeah. He's Trump is doing that every other day. I mean, maybe every single day if you loop in Twitter and some of the things he blurts out. He is doing this all the time. Yeah, where are the patriots who care so much about America? They were all up in arms about... Hillary Clinton's email server and what she may or may not have revealed through that, which we know was baloney anyway. But, yeah. you know, where are all those people screaming about what Trump's doing to America? Well, that, I mean, that's what I was saying when uh, when we were looking at what was going on in Poland and, and in fact, back during the G20, mm-hmm. where Trump was throw, you know, throwing the former president under the bus, where he was throwing uh, the American intelligence community on the bus while standing on foreign soil and vouching for the word of a foreign leader who is absolutely guilty of attacking the United States and continuing to attack the mm-hmm. United States. So this was, I mean, I'm, I was sitting there watching that and, and I had one of the most dismal shows that day because I'm going, I don't even know how we get out of this. If we're not standing up as, as a people, as, as a civilization in the United States and going, 
this is completely unacceptable what he's doing. The president is selling out the United States in order to, I don't know, based on the hand gesture, you know, yeah. do something favorable for Vladimir Putin. And, and it, it was just so utterly shocking and distressing to me. I didn't even know how to, how to react to it other than to just be shocked and stunned into silence. It was just, it was an unbelievable scene that that actually happened in the United States knowing that we have a precedent here of, of presidential candidates being almost disqualified uh-huh. in some circles for being to, to, to be the actual president when they're running for president. And, you know, for example, Bill Clinton in 1992 was accused of protesting the Vietnam War in Moscow in the late 60s. This was a major, major scandal during the Bill Clinton years. And what did Donald Trump do? He went and he criticized the former, criticized Barack Obama, criticized the American intelligence community, criticized the American people in defense of Vladimir Putin. Just yeah. absolutely staggering. So anyway, so uh, we also found out today that, uh, that Paul Manafort it was deeply in debt to the Russians mm-hmm. before joining the Trump campaign. Mm-hmm. The, the motives start to take shape here in terms of, what this scam was all about and the uh, and the cons- the criminal conspiracy to hijack the election and doing favors and and speaking of favors we've got two new uh favors from uh the Trump administration to Vladimir Putin to add to uh, Rachel Maddow's list you know, she was saying on the show the other night she's got this like this graphic that shows all of the things that uh Russia wants in exchange for you know, the election interference and things mm-hmm. that the Trump administration are actually trying to give back to Russia. And she said at the end of it, we're going to need a smaller font to fit all of the things on our graphic. And, and here are two of the things. Trump is, uh, this was announced yesterday, Trump isn't going to be arming the anti-Assad rebels in Syria. Right. Which is a huge favor to Vladimir Putin. Correct. Also, we heard that <laughs> the Republicans are attempting to close down the Election Assistance Commission. Yes, I saw that too. Which is abs- which is tasked with maintaining security over our, our election systems, and nothing could be more obvious, can it? I yeah, mean, I, I mean, can't imagine. Look, I'll add a little additional depressing twist to all of this. Oh, great! Right? If you're going to, besides being on the international stage and being a tremendous embarrassment for the United States, if you're going to attempt to dismantle our democracy from the inside out, what are you going to do? Yeah, right. You're going to shut down environmental protections. You're going to roll back access to health care. Uh, you're going to uh, try to stop people from voting. I mean, you're, mm. you're going to do exactly everything that the Trump administration is attempting to do. Yep. Right. So it's not coincidental that all of this is coming together. And he stands on the world stage and he essentially insults the country, the mm-hmm. past president, the intelligence community, all of that. And Horrendous. at the same time, he and the cronies that he's hired are trying to take apart our country from the inside out. And that's yep. why I think, you know, it's important for people to understand why this story is so important. Because you have all these people crowing about, you know, people don't care. People care about X, Y, and Z. Well, if you care about X, Y, and Z, consumer protections and environmental protections and climate change and, and human rights and civil rights and health care and all of these issues, Trump administration is systematically dismantling everything that keeps those systems in place. And I'm glad you brought up health care because we're going to get into that right after one last break we'll come back and wrap up the show right after these words you can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out 
Unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Bob Seska! This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Welcome back today. It looks like the hashtag for SiriusXM is hashtag. It's a little embarrassing oh, no. saying this. The hashtag is hashtag Bob Seska now. It's a little. It's, it's, it still makes me oogie to, to use my own name in the context of a hashtag. But that's what it is. That's what they're doing. Try to get us on SiriusXM. Okay, welcome back to the show. Jackie Schechner is here today, and we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about healthcare with a healthcare expert on the show. Um, first of all, we since we're doing lots of word salad today, here was one of uh, Trump's <laughs> most word salady word salads uh, from his lunchtime meeting with the uh, with the Senate Republicans. This is just staggering, 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 staggering that the president of the United States not only speaks like this, but knows as little as he does. In fact, Trump knows nothing. Here's what he started talking about, talking about uh, talking about selling insurance across uh, across state lines. Oh, no. He starts out by saying cross country lines. (laughs) And then he corrects himself and says cross state lines where you have where where it's almost impossible for insurance companies to compete in different states we can't because of unfortunately the 60 votes put that here but it's going to come very soon we're putting it in popular bill and that will come and your premiums will be down 60 and 70 percent people don't know that nobody hears it nobody talks about it but your premiums are because it's not true i know sorry go ahead continue nobody talks about it but your premiums are going to we're going to have to cross state lines knocked out and you'll have insurance companies bidding. You'll have forms of insurance you don't even know about right now because that's the way it works. There's going to be tremendous no, competition. No, 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 no. Yeah. That's the sound of Jackie having an aneurysm. No, right. it does not work that way. Well, this gets the award for, you know, Trump's Magoo moment. For this yep. Trump's Magoo moment. Got it again. He just doesn't know, does he? Okay, should we explain this so people understand and they can share it with their Trump supporting friends? Be our guest, yes. All right, so you don't want insurance (laughs) companies to be able to sell across state lines for a couple of reasons. Right. One is that consumer protections are state based. Yep. So if you take those away, you lose your consumer protections. Right. 
Also, if you let insurance companies set up in any state they want, they'll all go set up in Delaware where there are the loosest restrictions. And that's the same that your credit card companies do. So you think about it that way. The second part of this, and I think I put out, I can even retweet it, an article from uh, a while back explaining why this is a dumb old plan that would never work, this buying across state lines thing, (laughs) because insurance companies don't want to do it. If you think about it, your insurance networks are all state-based or local, right? So you have a health insurance company, your provider network is local, they have contracts with hospitals. That's how insurance is set up. If an insurance company doesn't sell in a particular state they then have to go into that state and renegotiate with all of the providers in that state they got to find out the networks they want to create they've got to figure out what hospitals they want to contract with it's a tremendous amount of work that frankly isn't really worth it for the insurance companies and there was a study that was done of the insurance companies the insurance companies in states that didn't have any regulations (laughs) that let insurance companies sell across state lines and the insurance companies chose not to do it (laughs) they don't want to do it it's too much work it's not worth it it's it's not something that that's going to work out well for anybody uh and it's a dumb old idea that's been rejected time and time again exactly so you know for for trump to come out and and talk about this like it's going to be a a a cure-all is is ignorant and absurd it's just ridiculous and again this goes back to my ongoing thesis which is that it's impossible for Republicans to create affordable universal health care because it runs into in order to do yes. that you have to do things that run entirely contrary to conservative orthodoxy you and have also to- what insurance is right insurance <laughs> yeah. companies make money by denying access to health care that's how they make a profit they are for profit they have shareholders they're not a charity yeah. they're not a nonprofit organization health insurance companies are beholden to shareholders period right end of conversation yep. so they're not going to give you great coverage at a cheap price <laughs> because that's not going to make them money you don't have to be a genius to know this yeah but don't so you know don't none you know of it makes any sense don't you know jackie you just walk up to a guy and say i want my insurance and then you'll get 12 dollars insurance a year or 12 12 dollar a year insurance but perfect perfect deal perfect deal I, for the american I, people don't I you mean, know that it's so stupid like people don't <laughs> i you trump stands up there and says you're gonna have a great plan and it's gonna be half a fraction of the cost yeah. that's not possible no. he's promising you farting unicorns that are <laughs> Glitter rainbow farting unicorns. Like, it doesn't exist. Right. Don't be, you don't want to be called stupid. Like, Trump voters don't want to be called stupid. (laughs) Then stop buying the stupid. I won't call you dumb if you start smartening up. Right. And this is all, you can prove all of this with math. I mean, it's just so simple to actually go through and find out that this is how American healthcare has always worked. This is how uh, for-profit healthcare has always worked in this country. And that is one of the reasons why maybe we should, maybe we should try something else. Don't you think? I mean, I think we do. And then we start with a public option and we go from there. Trump was talking about all these, uh, all these insurers that, uh, well, there's only, you know, he's saying there was only one, one insurance company per state their states that you know he's just going on and on about how uh insurers are dropping out of the individual marketplace the monopolies existed long before the affordable care act the affordable yeah. care act was the reason we were trying to help people get access to other health insurance plans because all of the markets are highly concentrated and have been for years this exactly. is not new yep 
Yep, and this, that was one of the big arguments in the uh, 2009 healthcare debate, was to get a public option in there to provide additional competition and yes. to provide, at the very least, there will be one affordable insurance option, at least yes. in, in states that go in baseline so that people know what it is they're buying right. so you have an idea of what things cost so that the insurance companies aren't just competing against each other to see how much the market will bear they're not competing to get your business they want to see how much they can bleed out of you mm -hmm. so they just compete they raise it as far as the market will bear i mean you want to talk about market influences right they just keep going as high as they possibly can until they hit that ceiling and they haven't hit the ceiling yet yeah but they're not competing against a benchmark that says hey we can do it for x dollars why can't you do it for x dollars well, that's what a public option would have been i mean and you see what what trump and the republicans are trying to do now by by selling this and continuing to sell it even and in fact uh mitch mcconnell's what, gonna hold people yeah they're trying to kill people <laughs> yeah well because that's that's the one two thing. things that they put forward, 22 million people lose access to health coverage, and the alternative of repeal with no replacement is like 36 million people, I think it was. I, yep. I, I want to double check those numbers, right? Keeping the Affordable Care Act and fixing it, zero people. Yeah. Zero people lose coverage. That's you right. You got 22 million, 36 million, and zero. Yeah. Where's the tough choice there? Yeah, there's not. And of course- Sorry, I'm screaming because it gets me so frustrated. I know it's- not I, rocket science. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And the other frustrating thing was when they were talking, or in fact, Trump specifically was talking about how uh, the he was going into the whole Obama, you can keep your doctor, uh, you can keep your insurance uh, coverage, uh, those promises before Obamacare was passed. This seems to be the rallying cry. Like, Obama lied, so therefore we have to kill this entire piece of legislation and which by the way I, I like to emphasize that they're not going to be able to kill all of Obamacare through a repeal vote even if it was successful and it's not going to be if they try to do it next week it's not going to pass but even if it did they would only be able to repeal the reconciliation part the half of the yeah. legislation that was covered by reconciliation all the budgetary measures now granted they would be able to bleed the bill to death by eliminating right. its budget but, oh, but, I can I can weigh in on that one. Too. Okay, yeah, go for it. Uh, well, first of all, I want to correct myself. It was thirty-two million, not thirty-six. I just okay, double checked. Yeah, right, I want to make sure my numbers were right. But but this is interesting because Stephanie asked me this: like, what do you think they're going to do? So Sam Stein wrote a really good piece that that he put up about how uh, Health and Human Services is using money that's supposed to be used to promote the Affordable Care Act to oh, try yeah. to yeah to try to put the word out uh, about the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare in a negative way. Like they're using money that's supposed to promote the law and help people get access to health care to actually tear it down. Like your yeah. taxpayer dollars are being used to politically to try to tear down the Affordable Care Act. And so they're they're using people in videos to try to talk about ways that Obamacare has harmed <laughs> them. Yeah. Right? They're they're not funding uh, the outreach efforts that the law requires them to fund, they're not using the money the way it's intended. And they've changed the website so that instead of having more information for people on how to sign up for health insurance or how to get subsidies or how to take advantage of the benefits of the Affordable Care Act, they've actually replaced it with negative information or, or useless information or taken the information down altogether. Like they're sabotaging it from the inside intentionally. Yep. It's really a great, a great 
great expose that you need to read. It's Sam Stein's and the Daily Beast. I'll, I'll retweet it again after after we put the show up. But it, it's important to know that they're intentionally trying to destroy the Affordable Care Act. This yep. is your government. This is your government intentionally using your taxpayer dollars to hurt you because they want to win. These are things that can be reversed in order to help save the marketplaces in Obamacare. You want to do step one? In, in fixing the things that are wrong with Obamacare, roll back all of those things that they're using to sabotage the bill with at the at the executive level, at the administrative level inside HHS and inside the White House. To get rid of all of that. Then you go into things like uh, the Rubio Amendment to that omnibus spending bill that actually uh, took away the safety net for insurers because it's built into Obamacare that if insurers are having trouble, there's basically a bailout <laughs> A provision inside Obamacare that helps insurers stay in the marketplace, even if they're having trouble financially doing it. So, and, and Marco Rubio eliminated that with an amendment. Am I getting this right, Jackie? There was some Marco Rubio tried to implant a, and, and he was successful in doing it, tried to plant a, a poison pill inside Obamacare after the fact. And this is something that can be definitely reversed to, to help uh, uh, shore up the marketplaces, which is the source of all the problems that, that Donald Trump seems to think uh, exist. Yeah, he did lead the effort on that one. There's also, you know, the insurance companies, there's the, the cost-sharing mm-hmm. payments that are supposed to help people lower and give good insurance companies to help lower-income people or people who need help to pay for their health insurance. And the Obama, excuse me, the Trump administration isn't being clear as to whether or not they're actually going to go through with the money that they owe. They owe that money. It's in the law. They owe it. And the Trump administration's holding out. And that insecurity is causing even more of a shakeup in the market. Wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, the upshot here is... But these are really good people. We should be totally on board. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Drink the Kool-Aid. It's delicious. But Obama said, you can keep your doctor if you want to. And and that's that's the excuse uh, for killing the entire legislation. I don't understand any of this. It's like vengeance. I mean, the whole thing is just like, well, we'll get you. Yeah, we'll get you petty, for making a yeah. And, and it's asinine and it's counterproductive. And people are are really hurting themselves by supporting it. And that's the sad part. Yeah, that's the sad part. It's the people who buy into the Fox News mantra. It's oh, it's yeah. sad. They're hurting themselves. Yeah, and the worst part it's, it is it is very very sad, isn't it? Sad. And uh, the worst part about it is, you know, if you look at some of the opt-out language in Trump care, it's going to be the red states. It's going to be Trump yeah. voters who are going to yeah. be hurt first and hurt worst, worst. Yeah. by by Trump carrot passes. And these are the people who want it the most. That is what that is what's so staggering about the level of brainwashing. But that they're has not occurred. dumb. Don't call them dumb. No, they're not dumb. They, they hate being called dumb, even though they are. What can I say? All right, that is uh, that is the show. We're going to do the post-mortem show coming up for a few minutes. Stay tuned. It's uh, It all takes place at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. And uh, you can sign up at $5 a month. Support the show at $5 a month. You not only get all the free stuff, but then you get two post-mortem shows every week. You sign up at $10 a month, you get two post-mortem shows and the after party every week. If you sign up at $15 a month, you get all that crap. Clothing (laughs) optional. Right. You get all that crap, no clothes, and you also get an unbleached commercial-free version of this show. That's at $15 a month. Everyone can afford that. And if you just want to support the show and not pay a lot of money, you can just dive in at $1 a month. It's very easy. Very simple. $12 a year, I think you can afford it. Yeah, right? You get a great a great show when you're 70. Thank you, Jackie. We're going to talk a, a little bit more on the post show. That's coming up next. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye.
honk honk goes the truck. 